When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. I'm a Georgia Tech grad and a Louisville fan. He is Mike McDaniel. He's a Virginia Tech grad and a Notre Dame fan. Mike, you just got back from a cruise. You're looking looking a little tan. How'd it go? Looks like it was fun. A little bit tan, a little bit burned. Um, more burned than tan, I would say. It went really well, though. It was solid. Anytime you can get off from work for an extended period of time that lasts longer than a week, you take it. And I took it. So it was great. It was fantastic. Weather was good the entire time. I think the worst day we had, it was like mostly cloudy when we were in Puerto Rico. And if that's going to be your worst day of your trip, you can't really complain all that much. More burned than tan is probably the title of my mixtape, if I had to be honest with you. So um, that's good. Glad you had fun. I am about 24 hours from leaving on a cruise of my own. It's going to be a little chillier, though. We're going up to uh, Vancouver to go on an Alaskan cruise. The drinks will stay cold, though. The drinks will stay cold. Uh, you'll need more of them to stay warm. And, uh, you know, we'll, we won't get to wear as many swim trunks and such, but I might get to, like, mush some sled dogs or, you know, we'll see. We'll have to, we'll have to find out. Get, get some cool pictures of glaciers or something like that, I guess. Yeah, I've never been on an Alaskan cruise, so you got to keep me informed of all the goings on there because that's a potential bucket list item for me, I'd say. Yeah, I'm excited. It's it's. I've been on cruises before in the Caribbean, but never somewhere a little colder like this. So it'll be a, a new experience for sure. Some of you guys might also notice that it sounds like I'm recording in like a I don't know, like an echo chamber. I don't think that's really what that phrase means, but we're gonna use it here. Uh, Close enough. Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> this is the first recording we're doing in the new house, so we we got all moved in. We're good to go. Uh, now we just need things that you know, make the walls look good and dampen the sound in this room. So we will get there. That is my promise to you. So hopefully this doesn't drive you away uh, listening to this week's podcast. I'll be listening to you no matter what. So, hey, that's... I knew I could count on you, Mike. That's one listener, buddy. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, Mike, we got something we want to talk about uh, in this episode here specifically. Uh, So we've we've done a lot of these off-season episodes where it's just a lot of random banter and whatever news stories come up and talking about our vacations and blah, 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 blah. This week, we wanted to talk about one of the more off-season of topics that we could talk about, and that is ACC realignment. Are you a a big fan of this conference realignment, or are you one of the uh, conference realignment truthers that were a major... I guess, antagonist to this whole thing. All about realignment, dude. Let's make these conferences as competitive as possible, or in the ACC's case, let's remove all the teams that shouldn't be there. I I myself am am with you on that. I mean, let's move it around and make it competitive as much as possible. I I do think that one of the special things about college football is the rivalries that have developed through the years and are very historic. And so – 
I think as much as we can rearrange conferences to make them competitive with without destroying the integrity of some of those historic rivalries, you know, this, as long as we can do that, we're good. Um, but there will always be some, uh, you know, some people pulling back on that, making sure that they're. It's known that they are unhappy about the uh, the change in traditions. So, um, Mike, I think what we were going to talk about here was kind of reevaluating the ACC as it stands right now. We've gone through a little bit of change over the last, you know, decade or so, adding a few teams, uh, losing a couple of teams as well. And so kind of wanted to talk through, you know, if we could go back and redesign the ACC our way um, and, and try to keep this reasonable. I mean, I don't think that we're going to add Alabama to the ACC. It just doesn't really make sense, but from a cultural standpoint, from a, a, a sports standpoint, maybe even an academic standpoint, you know, who makes sense to to go back and add and remove? And so I know that we talked beforehand about, you know, going and putting together lists uh, of what we would change. And we have not really talked about what makes up either of our lists. And so I know that you right now at least had a couple of schools that you were going to remove from the ACC and a couple that you might add to take their place. Yeah, let's start with who I would remove. I would remove Syracuse. Why would I remove Syracuse? Because they're more or less a member of the American Athletic Conference, in my opinion, than they would be the ACC. Now, you can talk about Syracuse for basketball. They were part of the Big East, and the basketball conference in the Big East was everything in college basketball up until, you know, about five years ago. And then everything started shifting towards the ACC with the addition of Louisville. Syracuse made the trip. Uh, from from the American Athletic Conference, uh, you know, for football to the ACC, the old Big East became, you know, the trash of the ACC in football, so to speak. When you look at Syracuse, you look at a Boston College. Um, so the one team I would absolutely remove is Syracuse because I think they're not really bringing much to the table on the football field. Now that might all change with Dino Babers, and he's doing a good thing there, and he's recruiting really well, and I think there's potential there for Syracuse to be good down the line. But if there's one team I would absolutely remove 100% from the conference, I think Syracuse is the one when we're strictly talking from a football perspective. The team I would insert, and you know, we'll talk about maybe realigning the divisions. We can get into that too if you'd like, is Notre Dame. Obvious reason. They're part of the conference in every other regard except for football where they've remained independent. How competitive or how much more competitive would the ACC be if you add a team like Notre Dame when Notre Dame's at their best, you know, maybe the team that they were two or three years ago when they were uh, competing for a college football playoff spot in its first year, um, it, you know, in its inception when they were uh, playing competitive games in Death Valley against Clemson, uh, when, when they were playing competitively against Stanford, USC, uh, when they were at their peak. I mean, there are some really, really strong arguments here when Notre Dame's really good and everything that they bring to college football from a tradition standpoint I think that would bring a lot of good on the football field to the ACC because you look at what Notre Dame's done in basketball in the conference, and it's been fantastic. They made Elite Eights two out of the last three years, and that's on the basketball court. And Notre Dame football, which is the heart and soul of their athletics program, I think bringing that to the ACC is a no-brainer and something the ACC has obviously been trying to do for quite some time. But it's just a, you know whether or not Notre Dame will end up actually moving from independence to a conference, which hasn't been the case in forever Notre Dame's football program not only the heart and soul of their athletic department but also one of the probably five premier 
programs, you know, in the country historically, as you look back over the last century, you know, one of the five biggest names that kind of makes college football what it is and has been involved in huge games kind of just constantly throughout history. So um, I think that Notre Dame's a good addition. I think it's, it's kind of funny to me as I look at the current makeup of the ACC and you can't really look at it without considering the ties that the conference has to what was the old Big East. I mean, right now, if you include Notre Dame and you look at the 15 teams, therefore, that are associated with the ACC, seven of them have Big East roots. That's Notre Dame, Miami, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, and Louisville. Um, and that's, I mean, that's impressive to me that, I mean, the ACC is, is kind of almost a Frankenstein conference at this point in that, you know, it, it had plenty of its own initial members and then in the time since, it's kind of absorbed the, the upper crust of what was the Big East. Um, and then they let the Big Ten have Rutgers. So that's, I think that's an interesting part of the, the fiber that makes up the conference. I think if I were to get rid of one school in the ACC, this isn't going to be very fair since they've been good recently. Um, and saying that they've been good recently is, you know, kind of a, a stretch. They, they were pretty good last year. But a team that, from a, at least a financial and a competitive standpoint historically, has not really added much to the conference, and that's Wake Forest. Um, a very small private school that is not, you know, catching a lot of eyeballs on TV, not putting up big results on the football field, and and – you know, love you, Stephen Deacons, and don't don't mean any bad for you. But if, if I got to kick somebody out for the better of the conference, it's probably you. And we jump right to two out of the bottom three teams in the conference year in and year out, except for Wake Forest that somehow found a way last year to be good. I agree with you. Wake Forest, that makes a lot of sense to kick them out. See you later, Wake Forest. You're not contributing anything in any other sports, really. So just go over there. <laughs> go play in, like, insert conference name here just don't play in the ACC I think yeah, get out it, of our hair yeah and I think you have the one point you make that made a lot of sense and you know when talking about the old Big East and how it you know became the ACC is that you know we kind of remember the Big East in football really consisted of Virginia Tech in the 90s and West Virginia and that rivalry how big that was in the Big East other than that the Big East football wise was never really that good it was all about basketball and then you come to the ACC, and, you know, we name our conference the Basketball Conference Podcast for a reason. You know, they, it went from a football conference in the ACC, right, so-called football conference, to then being a basketball conference, being basically the Big East again, outside of, you know, the three or four teams that are competitive year in and year out in the ACC. So it's really interesting how that's kind of taken on the dynamic of, hey, like half of our team's are from the old Big East, and we still haven't really gotten that much better at football, um, save for last season when, of course, Clemson took the national championship, Florida State was still competitive, the reemergence of Virginia Tech, and so on and so forth. Um, the ACC had a really strong year last year, culminating with a really good bowl season. But, you know, historically speaking, the ACC for football hasn't been nearly as strong as a lot of people would hope for given the pedigree and the sports programs and the athletic programs that a lot of these teams bring to the table? I don't know. I can't put my finger on what it is, but 
There was just some magic about the Big East basketball tournament at Madison Square Garden in March that somehow the ACC tournament will just never live up to and never equal. And the the excitement and the, I don't know, just the stress that it caused everybody. And Despite I mean, the was, amount of teams that are really good in basketball. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's yeah, that's not a slight on ACC basketball. I mean, I, I think that you still have plenty of reason to call the ACC the best basketball conference in the country. Um, but something about the Big East tournament was just, I mean, it was physical and, you know, it was, I don't know, it was great. It was a lot of fun. But in any case, I mean, so if I were going to replace them, and I, I started to look not only, you know, I think Notre Dame is, is the, the obvious option here, right? If we were going to have a 14-team football conference, you're going to kick out one team and bring, them, bring in another. It's, Notre Dame is the first place you look, obviously. Now, in a, in a scenario where we're looking to replace them with someone else, you know, so someone either from a G5 conference or from, like, you know, the bottom of another Power 5 conference, I mean, the, the school that jumped out at me is, like, a bottom of a Power 5 conference is Maryland, a founding member of the ACC, a welcome sizable... Back. Yeah, welcome back. Um, well, and... and there would be a whole discussion about you know what it would take to welcome them back because they kind of went out with a dishonorable discharge of sorts. But um, went out with a bang. They sure did a fifty million dollar bang, if I remember. But um, they, uh, I mean, you could bring them back as a founding member of the conference. They're in a big metro area of DC, and and you could get some television eyeballs that way. A larger alumni base, um, and more importantly, they've got Scott Van Pelt in their alumni base. So you know we could SVP. always use his help here on the basketball conference podcast. I'm sure he knows a thing or two about radio. That's what I'm told. But um, if I had to look outside of that, I mean, power five, the one that also kind of fits as far as would be a realistic addition, but I don't know if they would actually leave is like Vanderbilt. Um, they would fit the academic profile. They've been, you know, passable in, in football and basketball lately. They've never really dominated anything, but and it's not a big school, so it wouldn't have a lot of eyeballs. I don't know. It's probably not a great option. But I would struggle to find another school that really fits the profile and also would be a big value add to the conference. I mean, you could look at some schools like Penn State or Ohio State or something to that effect, but I don't think you're getting those schools out of the Big Ten as much as they're a, a, a critical piece of the fiber of that conference. So at that point, you're looking at like a UConn or – uh, maybe a Cincinnati or something that probably doesn't fit the culture of the conference as much and certainly doesn't add as much in football, maybe not in basketball either. So I don't know. I mean, if you had to you know, take one of those options, Mike, or keep either Wake Forest and or Syracuse in, I mean, are you, are you making that move or are you just sticking with what you got? Well, there's one there's one team, and you mentioned Vanderbilt and the academic profile, and this team that I'm going to mention doesn't necessarily fit the academic profile when you look at the ACC, because let's face it, you know, 15, 16 schools, ACC, almost all of them have pretty stringent academic standards, or at least to the degree where, you know, you're not going there if you're dumb. Um, and that's kind of... I mean, that's just kind of how the conference has been. Uh, it was like that when it was the old Big East and all those teams seemed to migrate what I like to call southward to the ACC. But I think the one team from the group of five that I would consider putting in there just because of the opponents that they play would be East Carolina. 
Now, East Carolina doesn't fit the mold in really any other sport other than football. And last year, you know, they were 3-9 and nine and went 1-7 and seven in the American. So uh, they're usually a lot better in football than they were last year. But when you consider who East Carolina plays, they regularly play North Carolina. They regularly play a Virginia Tech. They've played Virginia in the past. They've been competitive with teams outside of the ACC that have also been really good in recent years. So you look at a team like East Carolina, a team that's gone into Blacksburg and won, a team that's been competitive against North Carolina, and North Carolina has been good now for a number of years under Larry Fedora. I think they would fit the competitiveness of their football program, would be a nice fit in the conference. It would make sense. It's another, it's another school out of the Carolinas, which – you know, as we know, when you look at North Carolina, Duke, Wake Forest, NC State, why not throw another North Carolina school like East Carolina in there that, you know, plays a lot of those schools competitively in the ACC and could fill a void of a team like a Syracuse that could leave or a Wake Forest that could leave. But I think for the sake of North Carolina, North Car- the state of North Carolina and the argument we're presenting here, I think having Wake Forest stay saying bye to Syracuse and bringing in a team like East Carolina would make sense on just strictly on a football standpoint. I'm not really familiar with the academic standards of East Carolina. My guess is that um, they are towards the bottom rung of the North Carolina schools, just considering, you know, all the great schools in the state of North Carolina. But Mm -hmm. I think football-wise, it would be extremely competitive. There's one other school, Mike. So first of all, if you if you look at and I'm trying to do this off memory, it's been a while since I've looked, but I believe the last time I checked out, you know, the U.S. News and World Report rankings, I want to say it was 14 out of 15 ACC schools were in the top 100 colleges in the United States, and then there's one massive outlier in those rankings. Any ideas? Florida State. Incorrect. It's actually what? Louisville. Wow. Surprise. Okay, that's my second guess. Yeah, and I, there might be a couple that are at like the 105 or, you know, just barely missed the top 100 mark. Louisville is at like 160. Like, it is like way outside of, you know, what everyone else is doing academically. And I'll tell you, there's one other Power 5 school that fits basically that same Louisville profile. It's like within five spots in the rankings. It's a Power 5 school that fits the geographic profile far, far better than the one that it, you know, in the conference it currently plays in, the West Virginia Mountaineers. Ayo. You Welcome want to talk back. about someone, yeah, you want to talk about someone adding in football and in basketball. Um, so athletically, you know, bringing in some, some money and some attention, that's another good one to look at. You know, that's like another former Big East team that would, you know, kind of fit the, the athletic profile at the very least. And like I said, I think they're within about five spots academically of Louisville. So, you know, I don't know. You you could have some discussions about that. And ultimately, in in the context of sports, I don't know that academic rankings really matter as much. As long as you're making sure that all these schools, you know, and the athletes are kind of playing on the same playing field of what else they got going against them. You're not on probation. You're probably in good shape. Yeah, no kidding. Um, So speaking uh, of this, so let's – Mike, let's back up and let's just assume that the conference is going to stay with the same members it's got now. So the 14 plus one, if we'll call it that. Um, so you've got the, the 14 members of the conference. And I don't, we haven't actually talked about if you've done this already. But if we were going to redraw the divisions or if we had the opportunity to kind of reorganize ourselves into divisions, 
is there a certain way that you would go about it? And I feel like there's a few possible approaches here. I think if you're going to keep everything the same, but you're going to bring in a Notre Dame, I think you put Notre Dame in the Coastal Division. And the reason why I think you do that is because you look at the competitive balance of the league. Florida State's going to be good for a very long time. Clemson is going to be good for a very long time. You have more question marks in the Coastal Division. Virginia Tech, probably going to be good for a while. Georgia Tech under Paul Johnson, probably going to be good for a while. North Carolina under Larry Fedora. A lot of questions there because Larry Fedora has been rumored for head coaching jobs across the country. You have no idea who they're going to bring in. Historically, they've just been an okay football program. Miami, they got all the tradition there. Mark Richt seems like he's bringing that program back. But when you look at the way that the divisions are currently constituted, it's very top-heavy in the Atlantic. You have Clemson, Louisville, and Florida State. If you bring in a Notre Dame and you add them to the Atlantic division, and that's the only change you're going to make is bringing Notre Dame into the conference, then you're going to have four teams in the Atlantic division in Clemson, Louisville, Florida State, and Notre Dame, and then four teams at the bottom, NC State, Wake, Syracuse, and Boston College. The divide couldn't be any larger. NC State has been firmly in the middle ground for quite some time. We talk about them being the bar. We've made that joke over and over again, that they're the one team in the conference that you kind of know what you're going to get out of them year in and year out. They're going to be six or seven wins, and if they're anything better, it's a surprise. But I think adding Notre Dame would just add to the, the top-heavy nature of the conference, especially out of the Atlantic Division, because I think you're going to be robbed, especially in like an ACC championship game, for example, of a game against two heavyweights that could be competing for college football playoff spots. Whereas if you put a team like Notre Dame in the Coastal Division and Notre Dame's battling out with, you know, Virginia Tech, Miami, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, all of a sudden the conference gets much more intriguing, you know, assuming that Notre Dame is playing at a level that's palatable, like a 9-3, 10-2 level versus a 4-8 and eight level like last year. So I think if that's the only change you're going to make, which I think is the most obvious change that we can talk about, I think you put a team like Notre Dame in the Coastal Division, that makes a lot of sense. So who are you replacing with Notre Dame then? Or are you just going for eight and seven, like, so, uneven divisions? So that's the thing. So if they bring Notre Dame in, like, I think that opens up a whole new level of discussion. So if they bring Notre Dame into the conference, like, we think they, they likely will over the next two At some point years. they will. I, I think in the next two to three years, and I would, you know, it could be after that, but I think – Within the next five years, at the very least, I think Notre Dame will be a member of the ACC. Now, if they do that, do you think that they'll go with an uneven number of schools, or how do you think they'll handle that? That's kind of the next question. I'm not sure if a team gets bounced out, especially the teams we've considered. Um, Syracuse, just because of how strong their basketball program is. I think Wake Forest is a possibility, just because they've been down a little bit in basketball. But, you know, the other sports, the other sports impact – plays into it a little bit I know it's a football podcast and we want to you know we need to obviously focus on the football side of it but I think that plays into it as well so I think they're going to bounce a team you know pounce a team or a school from the conference for football it gets a little bit more dicey and I think that's why if you bring in a Notre Dame you know a lot can change in the next five years but you bring in a Notre Dame and bring them into a coastal and you go uneven I could see that happening I would be shocked if they if they bounced anyone. If if anything, they would bring in one more to make it sixteen and just call it a day. And that's yep. That's the conference moving forward. And if if they did that, I'll tell you what I wouldn't be surprised if they did was there's been a lot of talk recently, and and I listen to 
several other college football podcasts. Um, one of them in particular is podcasting played nobody with uh, Bill Conley and Stephen Godfrey over at SB Nation, and they they talk extensively at times in the off season about you know what are some alternative ways to set up college football, kind of what we're talking about here. You know, uh, could we redo the divisions or you know, could we change scheduling, things like this? And one of the things that's been extensively reviewed by them as well as others in college football is the thought of doing pods. So instead, you know, let's say the ACC is a 16-team league now. Instead of doing, you know, two divisions of eight, you would have four pods of four, and you would kind of rotate among all the pods of who you're playing each year. And there would be some some sort of uh, intricacies there. You know, you'd play all of your pod and all of another pod, and then – a team, you know, from pod three and pod four or something like that. Um, I think if they brought in Notre Dame, I think they're going to add team number 16, whether that is a UConn or a Cincinnati or a West Virginia or someone somewhere. Um, Cause if the big 12 implodes that, you know, that could also turn into a thing of bringing in a West Virginia type. Um, and I think you create four pods. I think the ACC would be willing to uh, would be willing to do something innovative like that and try something different and, and you know see the results that it would bring. If you do that, what that gives you, Mike, is eight former Big East teams that could maybe be broken up into two separate pods. Hey, yo. You want to put Pittsburgh and, like, West Virginia in the same pod? Oh, hell yeah, you do. You want that backyard brawl every year. Um, so you, you can kind of think of it that way and, and consider – what the possibilities would be. Um, I think if, so if I were going to redraw the lines and that's honestly, that's the, the philosophy that I would use to redraw the divisions in the conference. Um, I don't, I don't want to stick around and just say, all right, you know, Clemson and Florida state are in the Atlantic and they're kind of running stuff, you know, unless Louisville jumps up and gets them, whatever. If I were to redraw this, and you could also do like north-south, you could do, you know, I don't know, alphabetical, you could do whatever the hell you want. But Carolina's in four different pods. Basically, yeah. But so my thought is, if we just took the 14 teams that are in the conference right now and redivided them, I would literally do the former Big East and probably Florida State, and then I would do all the other remaining ACC teams. So right now you'd have... The former Big East division, which looks like Miami, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Louisville, Florida State. And then you would have the others, which I guess I haven't done a ton of research, but I'm pretty sure these are mostly or entirely founding members of the ACC. Clemson, Georgia Tech, Duke, North Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest, and Virginia. Um Georgia Tech and Clemson, traditional rivals, you would retain that. You would have all four North Carolina schools in the same division. Um, I think you end up with a lot more intriguing powers in the other division. Again, Miami, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, Louisville, Florida State, all in the same division. Um, But the ACC really is a conference where you have some major top-heavy players as well as some serious bottom feeders at, at times. I mean, there's some pretty major disparity from the top of the conference to the bottom. Um, and so I'm not sure there's a great way you could design it to, to, to combat that really. I think when you look at it, um, and I think, you know, your point about the pods, you know, makes a lot of sense, especially if you have 16 teams, you can have, you know, four teams of 16 and it makes a lot of sense, but you know, you can break them up four teams of four and, 
you can put the Car- uh, the Carolina schools like one in each pod, right? So you have Duke and one, North Carolina and one, NC State, Wake, and then or you could put them all together. Or you could put them all together to your point, and you can have a division or a pod that's a freaking mess because most years, you know, it's going to be uh, if we're going off of anything from recent memory, it's going to be North Carolina. Duke will be like kind of competitive. NC State will be like kind of competitive, and then Wake Forest, if they regress to the mean, will be absolute garbage. And then, you know, you could have you know maybe a Clemson and a Louisville in the same pod, or a Florida State and Virginia Tech in the same pod. I think the one thing that I would be thinking about if you go to that alignment is where are the matchups that you want to see against an Atlantic team and a coastal team that you don't see regularly, right? So this upcoming season, Virginia Tech plays Clemson. Now, that'll be a marquee game. It'll be a big game on the ACC schedule this upcoming season, but both teams have a lot of question marks. But if you're considering it last year, right, so Virginia Tech's up and coming, Clemson, you know, obviously goes on to win the national championship. They don't meet until the ACC championship game, and, you know, Clemson held a lead for a while. Virginia Tech made it competitive. Well, how good would that game have been in, like, October, now, all of a sudden, it's a game you're talking about all year long. It's like the Notre Dame-Clemson game a couple years ago when you're looking at that game and you're thinking, wow, Notre Dame is a top-ten team. Clemson looks like they could you know, bull rush a national championship game, which they did. By the way, playing that in front of a home crowd rather than on a neutral field. Right, exactly. So, I mean, the possibilities between Atlantic and Coastal Division games would be huge. Like, how competitive would Virginia Tech-Louisville have been last year with – you know, we saw what what Louisville's Lamar Jackson did all last season, but then he went up against better defenses and better front sevens, and then all of a sudden he didn't look so invincible anymore. Well, take Virginia Tech's front seven that had a really good year last year. Put that front seven against Lamar Jackson and do it at, you know, the Papa John Stadium, do it in lane, you know. Go with games that you don't see regularly and break up the conference into groups of four that way. I think that's another great approach. And we see Miami and Florida State every year. It's a game that no matter how up or down Miami is, we know Florida State's going to be pretty good every year. And Miami's emerging again. That's going to be a really fun rivalry now for a really long time once again, everybody hopes. But how cool would it be to see, you know, Miami and Clemson, Miami and Louisville regularly? I mean, I think that would be great for the conference. So I think if you can split them up into four that way, I don't know how you would do the matchups, but if you can put teams in their own little separate divisions in a way that would produce matchups, like you mentioned, that would be competitive and compelling and would raise the ACC to another level nationally because, you know, it's been historically a basketball conference and the football came along last year and really didn't gather much steam until bowl season. If we can get that kind of competitiveness in the regular season, it would be really good for the conference. And in that SB Nation experiment, they actually looked at the SEC and, you know, same situation, right? A 14-team conference. And they said, right now, if we did a pods type of setup where you've got two pods of four, two pods of three, and they found that if you schedule it out a certain way, they retain, first of all, they retain almost all of the traditional annual rivalries as necessary. But then B, even if they don't, you play every single team in your conference every other year. And if if a player shows up as a freshman and plays four years, he'll have played in every single stadium in the conference by the time he graduates. Whereas right now, as kind of what you were saying, is Clemson and Virginia Tech play next year, you know, this fall in 2017, if I remember you saying that right. 
they won't play again in the regular season for six years or five, you know, five, six years, you know, because that's just the way these things work. And how many Clemson players will never get the chance to play in lane or how many Virginia tech players will never get the chance to play in death Valley, you know? Um, so I think as these conferences expand, we're definitely going to start having to see some sort of creative scheduling and, and organization and all that. So, and one thing that's a little outside the box and outside of just the ACC is I think we're going to come to a point at some time during our lifetime where the group of five conferences are kind of going to go away and we could maybe see a scenario where there's just four or five mega conferences. And this was a thing, this was a conversation that was had um, back when conference realignment was this huge deal about three or four years ago and all the teams were going all over the place and now it's really chilled out since then. So we're not going to see anything drastic like that anytime soon, but you could see a scenario where you know, you really only have four major players, and I think it becomes even more likely if something were to happen to the Big 12, like you mentioned earlier. If the Big 12 all of a sudden, uh, you know, have their issues compound like they have lately, where you have issues with individual schools and then you have issues with, you know, a conference championship game or lack thereof, and you have all these issues that you know, kind of can't be resolved and these schools end up going their separate ways. I think, you know, that reopens the conversation with a lot of these big time, big 12 schools kind of jetting out and going elsewhere. And you end up with these mega conferences and then you have a couple, you know, group of five conferences that, you know, consist of the teams that really aren't ever going to compete for national championships. And that would be the one obvious disadvantage of having four or five mega conferences. But I think that's a situation that we could see sometime in our lifetime just given the state of the Big 12 and then what we've seen in the past uh, with the conference realignment. There seems to be a consensus that the Big 12 is going to be imploding at some point. It's not, you know, not in the next couple weeks or months, but maybe in the next few years there is a very real chance, especially if Texas decides to you know, take its ball and go home, that could all go very, very quickly. And what's interesting, Mike, is living here in Houston in Big 12 country, there's a lot of talk and a lot of agreement that you could be very surprised at some of the teams that are left without a seat when that game of musical chairs stops. Um, you talk about there's teams such as like, you know, there's a lot of conferences out there that might prefer to have like a Houston in their conference before having like a Baylor or a TCU or an Iowa State. Imagine that. Yeah, so, you know, if that Big 12 implosion happens, Texas is going to be safe, Oklahoma is going to be safe, by proxy, Oklahoma State might be safe. Outside of that, there's going to be pretty limited seats in these Power 5 conferences, and there's going to be a scramble to figure all that out. And so I think that that's probably your catalyst for your next big round of conference realignment. And so whenever that happens, I think, is when this really becomes a, a much more important and relevant discussion. But... For now, it's the offseason. we got nothing else to talk about, so let's just talk about this. And we did an okay job, right? About 35 minutes worth of solid content. I feel good about it. Yeah, I feel like I sounded educated and all that. That's not bad. For uh, Yeah, I mean, as much as you know, we're working lately and going on vacations and stuff, yeah, we sound, we sound coherent and like we know what we're talking about. Yeah, college football is still a thing in the offseason, so we try to make it a thing with this podcast, so back on the <laughs> horse. But more importantly, we got a little bit of... Uh, faux basketball talking on this podcast so wouldn't be the basketball conference podcast if we didn't get some mention of big east basketball in so glad we uh glad we were hit, able to hit on that 
I mean, the TV numbers go up somehow, right? So just get <laughs> some Big East basketball and Madison Square Garden, and we'll be all set. Hey, that's I'll, I'll be a happy man. Maybe never again, but you know it was good while it lasted. Yeah. Anyways, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? Nope. Think I'm all set on my end. Enjoy your vacation, buddy. Thank you. I'm excited. Yeah, we gotta. I gotta go get packed and stuff. This is gonna be a late night for me, but. Um, We've got more stuff to talk about when we get back. We've still got some uh, listener questions that are still in the queue. Um, we've got some ACC win totals that we need to talk, you know, over-unders for we this season. We really, really need to talk about those. This should be an interesting discussion. I see some uh, money-making opportunities on the table. I would tend to agree. Um, trust us, our gambling record is actually better than it looked last year in the uh, weekly picks. So... Um, please stick with us through that one. We will, we will do our best to actually help you with that. And um, if we don't, well, at least we tried. <laughs> That's the title of our mixtape. If we at don't help we you, tried. at least we tried. Yeah, kiss of death. Yeah, go ACC. Okay. Um, Mike, this was fun. We will get together and do it again once I get back from my cruise. Um, in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel ACC. And together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, you could send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns, your performance reviews of us, you know, your, you know, your potential ACC realignment scenarios. Send it all over uh, to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it, sir. Yes. Um, Mike, where else can they find us on social media? We are on Twitter at BC Podcast ACC, like you mentioned, but we are also on Facebook. That's a thing, and it's yeah. still a thing. And yes, it is. Go like our page. Put all our podcasts there. Some random banter. Facebook.com. Facebook.com slash basketball conference. Real easy to find Or us. just search for basketball conference podcast. I'm bad at plugs, but we're on there. <laughs> Well, we'll work on it. I got the email address down finally, so we'll, we'll get the Facebook thing eventually. Um, but yeah, go find us on there. Um, you can also find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, wherever podcasts are sold. Um, you can please subscribe and rate and review us and share us with your friends. We want to build the audience as much as possible and keep, uh, keep having fun talking about college football during the long, long offseason that we are uh, just kind of past the halfway point on. Inside 100 days, buddy. Yes, yes, yes. We are inside 100 days. We're getting there. we got to start thinking about some uh, team previews here soon. That's coming up. It's getting to be about that time. I think as soon as we get through those win totals, we'll be coming right up on that. Yeah, so stay tuned for those. Um, but anyways, Mike, this is fun. Have a uh, good rest of your week, and we will catch up sometime after I get back from seeing the frozen wonderland that is Alaska, so I'm told. Just don't pull a Titanic and we'll be good. We'll have that podcast. Don't you put that on me. Don't you put that on me. Um, oh, I've man. never been on a big boat in the middle of an ice sea before, so I'm now I'm not going to sleep anyways. Sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to pack anyway, so hey. Thanks, Mike. Um, okay. Mike, we'll catch up next time. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, – Hopefully you'll uh, join us next time on the Basketball Conference Podcast. But until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I'm Joey Weaver, OACC. Go